Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another episode of the GPS Show. It's a special edition today. We are on the Sunday morning of the conference championships. It's a great day to be a sports fan. We've got two incredible games today. We'll get into both of them, the Buccaneers at the Packers in Lambeau Field on a snowy day. It's going to be very exciting to watch. And then tonight, the Bills go to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Chiefs for the right to play in Super Bowl 55, along with Scott Pirak. I'm Gabe Gottesman here. We are ready to go over these games. Also, some big other news in the NFL. Of course, with only four teams left, that means 28 teams are looking forward to next season. So you've got some big quarterbacks maybe looking to move uh, and switch jerseys next season. So we'll talk about those two guys, um, as well as the four quarterbacks that are remaining in this uh, uh, in this path for Super Bowl 55. Because, Scott, I mean, we got very lucky this year. It looks like the top four teams have arguably the top four quarterbacks left um, this season with uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers being a clear number one, Josh Allen and Mahomes probably two and three, and then Tom Brady, you could argue, is that fourth guy um, in the MVP conversation. So we've got two great games this weekend, um, and it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I agree that we did get a lucky QB draw. I think I will correct you on one thing. I think it's we got four of the top five, so we were close. Are you, say, you going to say I, – I think you're going to segue I, into it. But, yeah, um, I think we can move right into the big news that has came out this week is that Deshaun Watson – Is that that fifth quarterback? He is one. He okay. is the fifth quarterback. Um, Deshaun Watson, earlier this year, we've seen his frustration with – the Houston Texans front office. Obviously, last offseason, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. That was really, I think, the icing on the cake for him. Deshaun Watson had a good year. He had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He completed 70% of his passes, but yet they were 4-12. and 12. Right. And they don't have a first-round pick because they traded it last year or two years ago for an offensive lineman. So, Gabe... I want to hear your thoughts on where you think we could see Deshaun Watson next year. Cause he's made it clear. He's not going to be a Houston Texan. Right. I mean, they interviewed Eric B who he likes and maybe that'll be one last ditch effort to stay. But I mean, when he wasn't really talked about, but he was having an MVP type season and they fire their coach in the middle of it. I mean, obviously firing Bill O'Brien wasn't something that Watson was necessarily against, but there's a lot of just, it's it, that's a messy organization right now. He's in his prime. He's kind of, Right now, besides, you know, there's kind of that batch of Mahomes, um, Lamar, and, and he's right up there with, with those guys being in, in going into their prime. He's not even in his prime yet, and so he needs to kind of find a new, um, a new team that he can really uh, thrive at. And I've got my top five, so does Scott. So I think we'll start from number one. For me, the number one destination for Deshaun Watson is the Dolphins. Uh, I think that, uh, first off, he um, it's a – it's a great market to be in. He's going to be in Miami. It's not like he has to go anywhere where it's going to be cold or, you know, not a small market, obviously. Uh, they're right now have a very good coach, Brian Flores. Of course, he's turned that franchise around. And then also they've got a great roster to go along with it. Good, uh, um, good defensive players. Uh, and, you know, the Dolphins have an opportunity to, to trade that third pick possibly. Um, and, and well, what move. used to be the Texans pick. Right, exactly. That, make a move that third pick Dolphins. was the old Texans pick. Um, so the Dolphins I, I think, are the number one team. Yeah, I also have the Dolphins. I just think they're in win-now mode. We saw with their defense and Xavier Howard, they have a premier defense, Devontae Parker, and then they had a breakout running back in Miles Gaskin, who's from the UW. So um, 
I do think that they're in one of those win now modes. I'll move to my second team. We may have the same. This one is mainly because of where he wants to go. I I put the Jets just because that is his actual number one option. But I don't like that move just because the Jets are not a win now team. And if they're going to get Deshaun Watson, I think what would you say his price is? About three to four first round picks. Yeah, I mean, if what if Jamal Adams is two first round picks and and another safety and a second round pick or whatever, then I think that Deshaun Watson three. Like three or four. Um, especially and, because and right now the team that that's going to get Deshaun Watson has more leverage because he wants out of Houston. So the Texans can't say, Oh, we need a lot for this because they know pretty much Deshaun's unhappy. He's going to leave. So he, I don't think they're going to get anything more than probably um, three. I think it'll be in the top. three to four range. I yeah. think maybe it's, you know, two first rounders and two second rounders, or um, if a team has three first round picks, something like that um, in the next couple of years. So the jets have that obviously. Yeah, well, I just think it's something like that where if the Jets trade that away, they've also traded away with their future. And as good as Deshaun Watson is, they don't have the defense to make it to the playoffs. And they have Jamison Crowder, but besides him, they don't really have a strong running back or receiving core. And they have Robbie him, Anderson. Or sorry. They, he's on the Panthers now. They, uh, they lost him. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah and keep in mind, their starting running back is Frank Gore at the current moment. So yeah. they're gonna. They have a lot of holes to fill. So I'm not quite sure giving away picks is the correct answer. Right. I mean, as you can tell, like I forgot. I mean, they have Denzel Mims, who who might be. I sure Denzel Mims looks like he's a fine player, but you you make a good point. They do have a lot of uh, money in free agency. You would think if Deshaun Watson landed in the Big Apple, a huge market, obviously. If he could but be, that would, he, I think he would need a new contract. Uh, right. I mean, he he would get paid a lot, but they have a lot of cap space. They would be able to get someone, get one receiver, maybe Allen Robinson or someone else that could um, be paired along with Deshaun. I think that um, the allure of New York City actually is a a big factor in this. And also Robert Sala. Deshaun Watson, I think, has a lot of admiration for him, and he could definitely change that defense around. And if they get a good offensive coordinator, that could be very helpful for Deshaun Watson. Um, and that if that defense is turned around with the Jets, they obviously are going to get some um, get some high draft picks. But you would think they might trade them away uh, for Deshaun Watson. That's why they're my number two and not my number one. Just because you're right, if they get Deshaun Watson, that means a lot of their capital kind of goes away. My number three team is kind of a dark horse, Scott, and I don't think anyone's really thinking about this. I don't really know if they have the cap space, but I think the Detroit Lions, if Matthew Stafford, who we'll get into later, is going to leave. I think they could. He could actually be. Um, it could be a, a very interesting landing spot. I don't think it will happen at all. But this isn't what I think will happen. It's more of where I see his, his best fit. Because one thing I was kind of thinking about was for Deshaun Watson. He's only. Um, he's still in his early twenties. Where could he go to really stay for a while and make his legacy made? Because he has the ability to be a Hall of Fame type quarterback. And if he goes to Detroit and brings one Super Bowl or even gets to a Super Bowl or even gets to an NFC championship, he would be regarded as the best quarterback to play in um, Detroit in history. And it wouldn't even be close. So Matthew Stafford has gone there. He hasn't had the success um, that a lot of Lions fans hope for. And I think that if Deshaun came in, it's a hungry fan base. It's uh, very open for, besides like Barry Sanders, there's not a lot of guys uh, in Lions history that are that are very 
that, that are sure Hall of Famer. So he could be go down as an all-time great in Detroit, which I think is actually important. Um, so he could be remembered. I think that would be very interesting. They have Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, DeAndre Swift, that new coach. I don't know. He had a weird press conference, but I think if he goes there and they get a right offensive coordinator, that could be a very interesting spot for Deshaun Watson. There's your my, number my number three is also a dark horse. It's actually the Atlanta Falcons. They have the number four pick in the NFL draft. So I think they can kind of use that to their advantage. They are $53 million over, or sorry, $36 million over the cap, but Matt Ryan is $23 million of those dollars. So if they can find a way to deal Matt Ryan to another team, that opens up a lot of space. And obviously they're still going to be behind on the cap, but I think that could bring an interesting situation if you put Deshaun Watson and Calvin Ridley together. I think Julio's one of those players that could also be dealt. Yeah, definitely the Falcons are, are a rebuilding team, but you're right. They have guys on both sides of the ball. I just don't see – I think they should go for someone in the draft because – I think they will, but I think that if you're – I don't really think they're the team – enticing. Like, if you get a guy in a rookie contract, if you draft Zach Wilson and he's a stud, then you get him for five years, he'd be cheap, and you can build around him. You can keep Julio Jones. So, I, I don't know. I think that um, – I think – it would be interesting, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, Matt, moving off Matt Ryan is the right move. My number four team is the New England Patriots. And um, this one is obviously one of the one of the top couple teams people see him landing at. Bill Belichick, he can keep things in order, definitely. Unlike Houston, uh, we could see um, maybe um, Josh McDaniel stays in New England because we've seen a lot of people in New England go – to Houston. So maybe he would say, okay, Deshaun Watson knows what it's like. Kind of, he's got that new, some of the new England coaching um, uh, fundamentals from being in um, being in Houston with Bill O'Brien and other people that have, that have been with new England. So he would kind of be comfortable there. Obviously Belichick needs to kind of get the next step to kind of continue on his path because right now Tom Brady is about to play in the NFC championship game. Meanwhile, Belichick sitting at home. So I think it would be great for both of these, uh, both Bill Belichick and Deshaun Watson. They obviously need to find more weapons because they have no one. Um, Jacoby Myers and Jameer bird aren't going to, aren't going to cut it. So I think that if they got more weapons with the coaching staff, I think they could actually be a, a great spot for, for Deshaun. My number four team is the Carolina Panthers. I think that they're one of those kind of hidden gems. They have the number eight pick in the draft, which is uh, usually the top 10 picks are what you're really looking for. Um, That'd be the perfect landing place, I think, for Deshaun Watson. They have two elite receivers in DJ Moore and Christian Christian McCaffrey is a good receiver too, but Robbie Anderson. Um, And he's been so used to Duke Johnson that's kind of Christian McCaffrey, but McCaffrey's the better version of him. Um, that's that's, that's McCaffrey, saying it lightly. McCaffrey's uh, the better version. Uh, of it's, a, it's a way better version, uh, top three running back version. Um, but I do think the Panthers are an interesting team. And then my final one, and this is my true dark horse, is the Colts. Mm-hmm. The Colts don't have a very high pick because they were in the playoffs this year. But I think if they're if they're willing to give up four to five picks, 
with the team they have right now with a young running back in Jonathan Taylor, they have kind of a unique receiver core with Zach Pascal and T Y Hun who could maybe resurge and obviously the amazing defense. I think that could be an interesting trade. Yeah. They got a great O line. You, you're right. They don't really need picks. So they could actually, they've got a young talented team. They could kind of get Deshaun Watson to make that next step. And if they just kind of re-sign those guys, they don't really need to make any, um, and they're on a rebuild mode. Four million dollars in cap space. Right. So that's a lot of money. <laughs> they've they've got they've you're right. He I don't know. I don't really I think that maybe they want more of a veteran quarterback, but it, it's definitely um definitely an intriguing spot. I think they would automatically be um in that division too, because he would no longer be in Houston. Um that division would be wide open. Trevor Lawrence would still be in his first year. And Derrick Henry is only getting older, only getting more worn down. So who knows where the Titans um, are right now. But I think that's really interesting. My um, my fifth team, unlike the AFC South and the strongest division in football, in my opinion, the NFC West, I have the 49ers. They're a popular candidate for some other quarterbacks too. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's a little bit upset with Jimmy Garoppolo. Just He's really not, not the guy that's going to lead them to a Super Bowl win. They've already gotten there, but I think that if they got a guy like Deshaun Watson to come in, they would be automatically Super Bowl contenders, if not favorites, with that defense, with that coach. Um, I think Deshaun Watson would excel with the offense, uh, the West Coast offense, and I think that um, for him just to be part of a winning culture, which he kind of had to create in in Houston, would be definitely something he would accept with open arms. So I think he's, that's it's kind of a, a fifth team. I don't know if that's really a top, I think the top two teams, the dolphins and jets besides the Texans, if he's not at one of those three teams, I'd be very shocked um, going into 2021. Um, and then moving into our next player who I actually have on some of the teams that you have talked about, Matthew Stafford um, Friday, they announced that the, the two teams have mutually decided that they will, or, the organization decide they will part ways with Stafford. The question is where? Um, I think my three teams at number one, though, I do have the 49ers. I think that could be the perfect fit because they have Debo Samuel, who's a great long ball player, and then George Kittle, who right. is a top two tight end. And I think that could I think that could be the resurgence of the 49ers in the NFC West. My number one team is the Patriots. Bill Belichick, um, like I said with Deshaun Watson, it's just it's hard not to want to go to New England with, with the winning culture they have. Um, and I think actually Matthew Stafford can kind of can, could be a little bit more comfortable for Bill Belichick. I think they kind of experimented with Cam Newton. Maybe it didn't work very well. And I think Matthew Stafford, a veteran, um, a mature guy, could go in there and fit right in to the Patriots. He had Matt Patricia as a coach. So just like Deshaun Watson, he's familiar with New England. I think he could go in there um, and and really the Patriots are right there. And I think just because they had a losing record and they didn't make the playoffs doesn't mean they weren't just right on the cusp of being in the playoffs and being a contender because once they get in there, who knows with the Belichick what they can do. I just think Cam Newton was had an awful season. So if they can kind of correct some of the mistakes Cam Newton made, Matthew Stafford could be a very perfect guy. Let's just not let's not brush over the fact that Matthew Stafford's one of the most underrated players um, really like in, in the NFL right now. So he could go in there and be a very, very good player. My number two team is the Colts. Like you said, elite defense, young running back. 
decent wide receiver core. They are definitely in win now, obviously. Um, that's why they got Phillip Rivers last year. And I just think that Phillip Rivers was a little bit too stagnant. To he, They had to rely too much on Jonathan Taylor. And I think that Matthew Stafford could really um, open up their offense a little bit. So it's a little bit more free-flowing. They can actually make some plays happen in the second half. He can use his feet a little bit better. He's got a better arm. I mean, I just think he's a better version of Phillip Rivers. And they were right there, close to beating the Bills on the road last year. So with that roster, with that coach, I think that Matthew Stafford landing with the Colts, like you said, they have the cap space for it. That could be a very intriguing uh, intriguing team to watch going forward. For me, my number two is the Patriots. I agree with you on that. I think there is the possibility with how great Bill Belichick is just being able to research that offense. My only worry would be they don't really have a true number one receiver. And then my number three team, which I, this is my dark horse, but I could see it working out is the football team. I think this year, Matthew Stafford was 12th in touchdowns, 12th in yards and 14th in overall QB rating. And that was without a number one receiver. Washington has $35 million in cap space, so they have enough to sign him into a longer contract when they need to. And I think that replaces their problem with Alex Smith, Tyra Heineke, as great as it was to watch him in against yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think that's your franchise quarterback. And I think Stafford has some years left, so it can be a transition period. And with that defense, I think that could make them interesting playoff contenders. The football team's kind of a forgotten team right now they if they might be a quarterback away terry mclaurin um can kind of be an attractive uh attractive and, and a young running back in antonio Gibbs. yeah the contract they might be one quarterback away we don't know alex smith obviously played very well but he was what wasn't he like five and one as a starter he they, they could be um he was that division I think you have to worry about the mobility. Well, no, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm saying that like they were with a competent quarterback, they were five and one, who knows what they could be with, with Matthew Stafford, who's clearly better than Alex Smith, but who knows? Matthew Stafford um, is younger than Alex Smith. He might, Alex Smith was a great story, but I think that maybe uh, he would be better uh, with the football team. So they might actually change their name. We don't know. They might not be the football team by next year. So the 49ers, are my number three team. You had them number one. Um, I just like those other two places better in my opinion, but I do see, I'm just scared to be honest. Like maybe I, my mind doesn't want them, uh, want, want the 49ers to get Stafford because the NFC West was kind of like, oh, wow, the Rams are really good. And the Cardinals have this young star quarterback and maybe the 49ers uh, had one good year, but maybe they're the worst team. And if they get Matthew Stafford, I think they'd be right back in the mix. So um, it'll be very interesting to see where Matthew Stafford lands. Um, we're going to move on now away from free agency talk. Obviously, we're already getting excited about that. Clearly, there's a lot to talk about this year. Um, even with COVID, there's still a lot of moves being made. Um, just a reminder that you can listen to um, our show Tuesdays and Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. Usually, we're doing the special show before the conference championship games. And if you miss any of our show, you can listen to it on Spotify to search up the GPS show. So, Scott, Moving along, we've got two big games this afternoon. And um, before we kind of dive into the, um, the ins and outs of each separate matchup, we want to do what we did a couple years ago 
where we ranked before the playoffs started, we did um, our top five Super Bowl matchups that we would love to see in an ideal world. But with only four teams left, obviously there can only be four matchups. So we're going to both rank our top four Super Bowl matchups in terms of how intriguing they are. Colin Cowherd did this on this show, on his show. So we're not, we actually had it three years ago. So technically he stole it from us. So we'll take that. But Scott, starting with my number one matchup, I think that the Chiefs Packers would be the best matchup. I've had them actually not really, I really haven't had the Packers as a top two team all year, but they were clearly the two best teams, in my opinion, all season long. The two best quarterbacks, in my opinion, even if Josh Allen might have looked better than Mahomes, I think these are the two best quarterbacks in the world right now. And they have arguably two of the best rosters. The up-and-coming Matt LaFleur versus Andy Reid, who just won his first championship. So it'll be very interesting. Um, obviously, we can't really go wrong. That's what, what people are going to notice from these four. Um, but the Chiefs-Packers would just be such a great Super Bowl to watch. And I think that um, whoever wins that game, I really kind of did my rankings based on whoever, like what would be the story after the game? You think if the Chiefs win, it's Mahomes ready on his dynasty kind of knocking off this Packers team that was on a hot streak. And if the Packers win, it's wow. Aaron Rodgers just completed one of the greatest seasons um, in his career. So I think that it would be a great matchup and then also very intriguing before and after. So that's my number one matchup. For me, I have Bills Packers. The Bills are the number one offense in terms of strength and schedule this season. And number two is the Packers. So I, I like the offensive powered games. Um, the Packers have scored 30 plus points in seven of their past eight games. And I just think that'd be an interesting matchup with kind of how pass heavy both those teams are. And with possibly you could say two of the, two of the best receivers in the NFL with Devonte Adams and Stefan Diggs. So that would be my number one. My number two is what you had at your number one, the Chiefs versus Packers. I think the headline there would be great. I think maybe seeing the rise of Josh Allen may be a little better of a headline, but um, I, I do agree that uh, anyway, all these matchups will really be great, but I think Chiefs, Packers, I feel like that's a little more sided towards the Packers than the other games. So that's why it's my number two. My number two is actually uh, my top two matchups both involve the Chiefs because I feel that the Bills are a little bit um, – not that they're one year away at all involving their talent, but it feels like we just kind of, um, they're very one dimensional team. We, no, well, no, we know the chiefs. So it feels like NFL fans have kind of gotten to know the chiefs. They had, they had to overcome that AFC championship versus the Patriots with D four being offside. This is Bill's mafia versus the, versus the world. Game. Right. Right. I, I mean, I understand the hype, that, the hype train. that like they, they had a first round exit last year. I kind of want to see them, lose the Chiefs this year and maybe next year we kind of see them kind of come over the hump but I think that this this year they're still a little bit of a stranger to us so I think that um uh that Chiefs Buccaneers Brady versus uh Mahomes part two that's the only reason why I actually don't like this matchup I mean I like I love every matchup but they already played this year and it was a little bit of a weird game where the Chiefs kind of looked like they weren't even trying it would be different obviously in the Super Bowl but Brady versus Mahomes again, the 43-year-old greatest of all time versus the guy that's trying to knock him off, winning two straight. Could you imagine if Mahomes sends Brady home in the Super Bowl, winning two straight, and he's like, I'm about to win six in a row, 
and, and tie a record right away. So I think it'd be very interesting to watch that matchup. My number three, obviously, is going to have to involve the Bills. But I think that a Bills-Packers matchup is more interesting than a Bills-Buccaneers matchup just because I think that Bills-Buccaneers, although Tom Brady's facing his old division foe, it just it's just, in my opinion, the, the number three and four best teams so far this year. Uh, well, the Buccaneers probably weren't the fourth best team, but I just think that the Bills, Packers, you have them as your number one. You're right. It'd be two gunsling, gunslingers, um, two great quarterbacks, and um, it would just be a very fun matchup to watch with, um, with, in my opinion, the number one and two MVP candidates. So that would be very interesting. And then Bills, Buccaneers for me is fourth. It'd be amazing, obviously, with um, two high power offenses and um, two underrated defenses. So our, our number four matchup might have been better than um, than when we did this two years ago. That matchup that actually happened, which was the Rams versus Patriots, the number four Bills Buccaneers. I think it would be even more interesting. So seeing Tom Brady with a elite offense in the Super Bowl, I think would be very interesting to watch. Because we have I, I at number four. I still have to do three, but four, I have what you just had, which is Bucks versus Bills. I think it would be interesting for Tom Brady to play the Bills, but doesn't have the same kind of tensions when he's not even in the AFC anymore. And there's been a whole new offense implanted in the Bills system. Um, and then at number three, I have the Chiefs versus Bucks. I have that there kind of just, it really signifies the passing of the torch. Tom Brady's era is coming to an end, and we're seeing the rise of Mahomes. Well, we've already seen him rise, but really just take over the yeah. helm in the NFL and be that true number one player that everyone's expecting. I think honestly that I had it as my number. Um, my two, problem with that, it is I, that the the Bucks are their worst offense left. They're the fourth ranked offense in the NFL, but that they just happen to be the worst one left. And they're very unlike these other teams where we've seen. We've seen Josh Allen be the leading rusher for his team. We've seen Patrick Mahomes do it. At times like last week, we saw Aaron Rodgers be, have a fake throw and then run it into the end zone by himself. I feel like there's not much mobility with Tom Brady. And I but he's like, still so fun to watch. In, in terms the of a Bowl. Super Bowl matchup, though, I do think having those high-powered offenses would be more entertaining with how the game has changed. Here's what I will say. Um I you had the did you have the Packers as number in your top two and the Buccaneers in your bottom two or my power rankings? No, I'm just saying like was your number one and two matchups both involving the Packers? And both involve the Packers because they're my yeah. number. I mean, my I, I, just, I think you're right. I really do want to see the Packers in the Super Bowl because I think they're the best team, and it would just be a shame if we didn't get to see Aaron Rodgers. I, well, the interesting thing is that out of the teams left, they have the best quarterback. Currently, best receiver. Aaron Rodgers will win MVP, best receiver currently, and best running back left. I think Aaron Jones yeah. doesn't have any matchup with the Bills or the Chiefs, and I think he's better than Ronald Jones. So I think they're really I, I, there's no argument with that. I mean, they, and they also might have the best corner, Jair Alexander. Um, but Davis Wright gives him a run for his money. I, I think, this I year, think though, Jair's better. A lot of their positions are number one. The interesting thing about the Packers, which you and I have debated all year long is how will their depth affect them? We know they have Devonte Adams who's doubled the targets of every other player on that team, 
But when he cannot get it going, which hasn't happened really yet, what happens next? Right. I mean, I, here's what I'll say. Those four matchups, if Bill, if we get Bill's Buccaneers, both of our lot, I'll be, I won't be mad at all. I, we could have a lot to talk about. Jo- I mean, you could argue that this could be if, if Josh Allen wins against the Buccaneers, could we see instead maybe this is Tom Brady passing the torch to Josh Allen instead? I mean, they, he would be equal with Mahomes in Super Bowls. Um, who knows? Then it, we would have if if the Bills win the Super Bowl, it would be kind of this. Now Manning versus Brady part two. We really wanted to see. We thought Mahomes. We thought Lamar could be that guy, and it looks like it might actually be Josh Allen if we see him go to the Super Bowl and win it. I. This is an interesting question, but this week the Bills play the Chiefs. Do you think the winner of that game is the best quarterback in the AFC? Keep in mind, Josh Allen had fifty touchdowns this year in total. I still think Mahomes is better either way. And I and I'm not. He's playing this week, which I think is amazing. I people okay. People need to stop saying that he didn't. I he clear the NFL is not going to rig it so he clears it no matter what. He he got he cleared the concussion protocol. Um, at least I hope. And so he's not even at full strength. Like that's one thing because of his um what was it his heel injury. So that oh. could be one factor. And um. I just think you can't judge one game. And I think it's not even going to matter because the Chiefs are going to win. But um, but I, I still think Mahomes is the better quarterback, even if the Bills win. If they win the Super Bowl, then maybe we could we, we should see from next year. But I still think that you have to say Mahomes is the best. Remember, he's he's but this is his third straight year where he's gotten at least to the AFC championship. And and uh, Josh Allen's only done it once. So um and also let's not forget. Mahomes got to the AFC Championship two years ago against the Patriots and barely lost against Tom Brady. Then he won the Super Bowl, and now he's here again after beating, um, getting the bye and then beating a Cleveland Browns team when he was even out. But the Bills only put up 17 points last week. They, their offense looked a little bit lackluster. So I think it's more impressive what Mahomes has done so far. So I think he's clearly the best quarterback. And I want to discuss something because we never really talked about the Browns game. Let's talk about, let's for a quick second, go back on last week when the Browns had that unfortunate play when I believe it was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Oh, at, or sorry, it was Rashad Higgins. Rashad. At, the, at the one-yard line, the ball got knocked out of his hands when he lunged for the end zone and went out of the back of the end zone. Do you think that should be a rule? I, I'm not a fan of that rule. I feel like that should just go back to the one-yard line. And I when- think maybe because they fumbled it, the offense technically fumbled it before they got in, and it went out of bounds. And then, and then the Chiefs got the ball. But if you look, that was the but difference. What happens? Here's what I don't understand about the rule: when it goes, when someone on the offense fumbles it and it goes out of bounds in any other circumstance, what happens? They get it where it landed, and I just, I think that that they should get it at their at the twenty yard line, not the one because they fumbled. So they have to have a little bit of a penalty. But if it goes out of the back of the end zone, that's an, the that's gets it at the 20. I Would you agree with me, though, that the current setting is not great because it's in a way... I'm not going to lie. I was just rooting for the Chiefs to win because I, I didn't want to see Baker Mayfield in the AFC Championship. So I was like, oh, okay, that's like kind of sucks. But, I mean, yeah, I think it does need to be changed because... If, imagine if that happened in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. Mahomes leads a drive to the one-yard line. They're an inch away, 
and then that happens, I think that that would be catastrophic because they it, it's it shouldn't it's one inch it shouldn't determine the entire game so yeah i do think it should be changed but scott before we end the show we've obviously got to go a little bit more in depth of the games that are happening just hours from now so starting off with the packers buccaneers the first matchup they already had it was one of aaron Rodgers worst games of his entire career uh it it looked like tom brady had kind of this was kind of a statement win for the Buccaneers, because let's be honest, to start off the year, the Buccaneers looked a little bit out of sorts because they had lost to Drew Brees. Um, and then it looked like, oh, like, okay, cool. They beat the Panthers and then they beat the Broncos. Or sorry. Um, yeah, they beat the Panthers and they beat the the Broncos and then the Chargers and they lost to the Bears on that Thursday night game. So then it was like, okay, what's ha- what's happening now with this Tampa Bay team? And they go, and take on Aaron Rodgers and they win 38 to 10 and Aaron Rodgers looked awful after that first quarter where they went up 10 zero Scott. I, I don't see it going the same way, especially in Lambeau with the snow and how much the Packers are just rolling and no Antonio Brown. I think it's going to be similar to last week when the Buccaneers after the saints won twice in a row kind of corrected their mistakes. And I think that the Packers actually are too good for a team to beat twice. So I think the Packers win this game. I also have the Packers. I think I think that's just as I've talked about every single time we've done a show every week. The Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams connection may be the most special receiver quarterback connection in a year we have ever seen. I Randy think, Moss, Tom Brady was pretty good. I mean, we it, even I think it's I think it's up there. He had 18 touchdowns on the year, which wasn't even close compared to other receivers. He won that category. He finished second in yards, but he probably would have been first if he didn't miss three games. Um, and I do think he will correct his mistakes. Last time he threw for under 50%, only on 160 yards, and had two touch or two interceptions. Tom Brady had two touchdowns. And the leading rusher in that game for the Packers was Jamal Williams with four carries for 34 yards. I think they've figured out their identity now. And so I think this game will be different and the Packers will sneak out with a win. I do think it'll be closer than people expect though. Okay. So moving along, we both have the Packers winning from the NFC. Now this AFC championship, oh, we've just got, no matter what happens, the last three games in the NFL season are going to be incredible. We've got Mahomes. He's playing. He cleared concussion protocol. He's good to go. So we've got Josh Allen versus Mahomes, two young quarterbacks in the first matchup. You've got, kind of the two guys that might be on their way out trying to kind of cement their legacy. And then these guys are just trying to start it up. So, so far this season, I was looking through some of the offensive and defensive total stats. They have a similar turnover differential, similar passing offenses, similar pass defenses, uh, similar rush defenses. And the only thing, even though it's not even that huge of a difference is um, because Josh Allen accounts for so many rushing yards, the chiefs running game, was just like in the first matchup between these two teams was a factor. And I think that um, it's going to be a factor again, because if you look at um, this first matchup that they had versus the Bills, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 20-plus carries, 160 yards. He was um, just the workhorse for them. 
remember that was i think that was his debut for me it was um, yeah he had oh, i traded him to you yeah, yeah that was the first week i traded scott for clyde edwards Alaire, and he had 100 I got, AJ, I got aj brown though so i didn't i oh, i lost that trade though um, but yeah, as you said, he had 26 carries, 161 yards. He had 46 total carries because Mahomes had 10 carries. I mean, they were just running the ball all over the Bills. I don't think we'll see that again, though. And keep in mind, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is questionable for the game. He was limited in right. practice his whole week with, I mean, he's been with the ankle and hip injury. So I think even then he's interesting in Le'Veon Bell did not practice on Thursday or Friday. And he's also questionable with a knee injury. And then, I've, and as we all know, Mahomes is a little beat up. And then they might be without one of their star cornerbacks in Breland. So I, I actually have the Bills winning this game. This is my upset pick for the week. I've had one every week. I think the Bills are going to find a way to come out with this game. I think they are the hottest team in football. If you look at what they've done since that Chiefs game, They've lost the only game they've lost since then, which was in week six, was the uh, Hail Murray, which was when they lost to the Cardinals. And besides that game, they've won pretty convincingly in every other game. They looked, yeah. I mean, you make a really good point. If they didn't lose to the Cardinals in that one game, they would have what, like a 12 game winning streak. So it's um, it's pretty crazy what they've done. And obviously, it's hard to pick against the Buffalo Bills with how they're playing, even though I picked against them last week. Whoops. Um, shouldn't have done that. But I still think that right now Mahomes in the playoffs on top of – I mean, we saw what he did last week against the Browns. People kind of forgot, oh, he's too, too many turnovers. Oh, you know. And then he was just like, oh, I'm going to come out here, score a touchdown first drive, and then just prove everyone, oh, hey, I'm back. So we see what how special he can be with the rushing – um, uh, the the rushing advantage I think kind of just tips this game a little bit over the edge if the Bills had a chance maybe they have a little bit of a better defense but I think that um, that the Chiefs will be able to kind of prevail controlling the game keeping Josh Allen off the field get some third and shorts to where maybe you can take a shot to Tyreek Hill um, when the Bills feel like you're, you're running a short pass I think that's going to be the difference um, in this game so Scott I've lost one game in every single round so if that continues, either we have the Buccaneers or our Bills going to the championship, it'll be very interesting to see. Before we head out, I want final score predictions for each game. You have the Packers winning over the Buccaneers. What are your score? What's your score for that? Ooh, I think that's. I think that one could end up being somewhere around 35-31. I go with a high score in that in one. In the snow this afternoon, you really have well, it. I mean, at the current moment, it's going to be 28 degrees, but – I mean, the last time they played in the snow, they had a snow game against the Titans and Devontae Adams had <laughs> yeah, 150 yards. And they just put up 30-plus oh. points uh, against the Rams last week. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's kind of a hard one. I mean, that game ended up being really a blowout the last time they were in the snow. They scored 40 points. So I don't think the snow is too much of a factor, as people are expecting, maybe for Tom Brady. Now that he's used down to that Tampa Bay weather. Yeah. But, uh, I think that one will be a higher scoring game. So for me, I think Packers Buccaneers, I, I see it being kind of a classic playoff game. Boy, it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. Just in Lambeau field, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers for the first time in the playoffs. Um, what more can you ask for really? And I think, I think the Packers will win 
um, I actually see it being a score like 27 to 21. Um, I just think that this is going to be more of a defensive battle than we think, even though the, the offense has a little bit of an advantage in the snow, it's just, it's hard to kind of pass it deep downfield, especially with Tom Brady. So I see um, the Packers winning, maybe it's 28, 24, but around in the mid twenties for both teams, I think the Packers end up prevailing. I'll say 27, 21. Cause that's what I said originally. And then Scott Bill's chiefs. I'll go first for this one. This one, I see a little bit more high scoring just because the, the Chiefs, um, even though they're going to try to control the game, I don't think that, that will hinder them from scoring a lot of points. I think this is a 34-27 to 27 game, still really close, um, but I think that they'll be able to just have a little bit of an edge there. I actually think this game will be lower scoring. I think this is going to be around 24-21, somewhere in that range. I think the Bills' defense started off the year – very slow since then they've been very good against a run obviously they they were okay with Jonathan Taylor he had a hundred yard game but I think that was expected with how much everyone knew they were gonna have to use Jonathan Taylor win that game but really for me it was last week against the Ravens Lamar Jackson was not able to get anything going or was J.K. Dobbins and I think with Tredavious White if he is able to stop Tyree killing man coverage then I think there's a real chance that they keep the Chiefs in low scoring and the Bills win 24-21. All right, so that's going to close out the GPS show for today. We love doing our show on Tuesdays and Fridays from 5 to 6, of course, but we really wanted to kind of get the closing statement from 88-9 The Bridge on this AFC and NFC championships. Um, make sure you tune into the games. Of course, they're going to be uh, both be dandies. And this afternoon, starting at 12.05 with Tom Brady, versus uh versus Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau it's going to be a lot of fun so everyone thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time